Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Today's opening tip, Steph Curry. Ooh. I mean, he's just teasing us at this point, right? Wow. Shots from the logo. Remember, he practiced with the G League team this yep. morning, which, you know, prompted a round of people who were attending practice being like, man, what a promising prospect. Yeah. Right? Maybe he can make a couple shots in this game. Right? Maybe. Solid talent evaluation. I don't know. I mean, I know that Steph was pushing to play this past weekend. We do expect to see him this week. It would certainly be good for the Warriors faithful. How about Saturday? Aren't you going to do that? I believe that Saturday would be a great day for Steph Curry to play. ABC <laughs> will, of course, be there uh, when the Sixers face the Warriors. But I think we could see him back earlier this week. We will have to see how they evaluate him out of that G League practice. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, our NBA senior insider, Ramona Shelburne, the undefeateds. Clinton Yates, thank Hi, you guys both for joining us. Of course. We're having a little, we've been having some technical issues in the studio lately. Yeah. So once again, some of the machines aren't working, so I was going to go off paper, but they just found it. So look at that. I'm so, me oh my, I'm so excited. <laughs> Coming up, one day after his career high, 39 points against the Clippers in L.A., Sixers' second round guard, second year guard, Shake Milton, is going to join the jump first, though. Here we go. Six weeks. We have just six weeks until the end of this NBA regular season. Six weeks until playoff seedings are set in cement. Six weeks until voters cast their ballots for awards like Rookie of the Year and MVP. So this is it, the stretch run. So let's take a look at what we know already and what is still up for grabs. First, we know that the Bucks are ridiculous. They're winning right now by an average of nearly 13 points a game. Think about that. It's like a driver crossing the finish line at the Indy 500 before you can barely see the rest of the competition even rounding the final corner. On Friday, Milwaukee played Oklahoma City, a playoff team, and won by 47 points. Yesterday, Milwaukee only beat Charlotte by 8, but in that game, Giannis reeled off 41 points, 20 rebounds, 6 assists in just 35 minutes. That is the fastest 40-25 game in NBA history. The last person to even come close to that was Elgin Baylor 60 years ago. So, yeah, we know the Bucks are heavy favorites in the East, although we also know that the playoffs on that side of the bracket could get pretty spicy still. Look at the four or five spots in the standings. We are getting close, people. It could be happening. Jimmy Butler Bowl in the first round. Ooh, Miami, rooting for that. Philadelphia, fireworks. And take a look at the West. We could get a first-round Clippers-Thunder series, something no one imagined when the team swapped Paul George this past summer. A series that would also put a revived Chris Paul right back at Staples Center going against his old team. Or look how close the Thunder are to the five spot. We could get Thunder Rockets in the first round, which would put CP toe-to-toe with the man who replaced him in Houston, Russell Westbrook. Another fascinating race out west is for number eight. Last night, the Kings stormed back from 21 down to stay what in what has become a four-team sprint between San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans, and Memphis to see who gets to face the Lakers in the first round. And the Lakers did their part this weekend by sampling some of their possible <laughs> opponents. First, L.A. fell to Memphis, courtesy of yet another gangbusters outing from John Morant. Morant is just fearless, both on the court and also off it. After the game, he signed his jersey and sent it over to the Lakers locker room for LeBron, Ooh. unsolicited. Ooh. Yep. LeBron said he didn't even ask for it. Morant just assumed that he would want it. 
I love this kid. Still, all of that turned out to be just a prelude to last night when we got Zion versus LeBron part two. So watch this from the first half. Zion treated Kyle Kuzma like a speed bump on his way to a dunk. That one measured on the Richter scale, Shaq-like. And then, before the fans in New Orleans really even had time to settle back into their seats, there was LeBron jogging across the midline to deliver this. Ugh. 35 feet out. Ice cold. Just ridiculous. The game stayed close through the fourth quarter, but then LeBron turned it on again. He would score 13 of his 34 points in that final frame, including this three, right over Zion, jogging back with the tongue out. Now, when it was all over, we got a much-discussed hug between the two of them. And the question really remains, will we see these two go at it once the playoffs roll around? That's one of the things we don't know yet. New Orleans, still three back of Memphis, but the Pelicans have the second easiest remaining strength of schedule in the West, while the Grizzlies have the second toughest and are still missing two of their five starters. It's one of several things we're going to be watching in this upcoming six-week sprint where so much has yet to be decided. Gentlemen, start your engines. All right, so after seeing the Lakers go up against both Memphis and New Orleans this weekend, which team, Ramona, do you think would be the better test for that 1-8 matchup? Which is the more fun playoff series? Oh, the more fun playoff series is Lakers-Pelicans, right? I mean, there are so many storylines, right? I mean, it's the, the Lakers kids against yep. the, everyone, the Anthony Davis, who they all got traded for. Um, that's the one we all want to see. I don't know if that's the one the Lakers want to see, because I think the Pelicans are a really formidable team that probably would be higher-seeded if they didn't have Zion Williamson out for the first part of this year. Injuries, Alonzo Ball, Derek Favors. Like, I think they should be up higher in the standing, so you don't want to see them as an eight seed. That's also why, though, I think they'd be the better test for the Lakers, because they're a better team. And if the Lakers are going to find a way to get as far as they think that their goal should be, mm. figuring out the Zion situation is going to be something that they need to do. Look, I love the Grizz. I love Ja. I love 12. But I think that the way this team is made up is certainly more suitable for a playoff run, just typically. And also, I have a very vested interest in J.J. Redick making the playoffs again right? in his career. <laughs> I need to see the Pels get there. But overall, I think they are, at this point, a team that the Lakers need to beat in order to show them they can make that Remember at the beginning of the season, opening of training camp, J.J. Reddick said that he reminded mm-hmm. Zion Williamson, I've got this, what, 15-season playoffs? Yeah, that's it's what all I'm talking about. You. I asked Zion the other day, I was like, has that come up at all recently? He said, well, funny enough, yes, yes, it has, actually. Yeah. <laughs> J.J.'s still reminding him about that. I did think it was interesting. This happens, obviously, when we yeah. get to these last two months of the regular season. You had the Lakers directly influencing yeah. who might get that eight seed. They lost to Memphis, which was not something we expected. Mm-hmm. Both AD and LeBron were in the lineup, which I didn't yeah. think at first when I saw the score yep. flash in the arena I was in across the country. Um, and then they beat the Pelicans. So that's a swing for teams that are only yeah. you know, three games apart. And I, I just can't – I look at those standings and I just can't believe we're not going to see the San Antonio Spurs or the Portland Trailblazers make a run, like when Dame Lillard gets going and gets back. My question, like, though, is when is Damian coming back? Right. Right? right? Yeah, I know. And it and it's – I mean, just look, is, the, is this really going to be the year the Spurs streak ends? Is Dame really not going to come back and lead, this, and lead the Trailblazers back into the playoffs? Like, it's just hard for me to see those veteran teams not get it together. But that, I think the teams ahead of them right now – are probably better. I mean, I think the Pelicans are playing at a level where they, they, they are a team you do not want to see in the first round of the playoffs. Which influences the rookie of the year race That's as much yes. as anything. Mm-hmm. If right. they come back and make the playoffs and the Grizzlies can't do it, I mean, it's tough to look at now, but Zion yeah. could steal that award from Ja. One, two, friends and from, from AAU. That could be if, really interesting. If Zion is the one who is directly responsible for knocking Ja out yeah. of the playoffs, I think that will be part of the conversation. There will still be people who will say, hey, he didn't play enough games. Right. But it becomes a bigger part of that conversation.
think you would deserve I, it at that point, right? too. Yeah. And, oh, you do? So you would- I, d- I mean, as much as I don't want to see it, I think if you knock the guy ahead of you out of the playoffs, forget about the number of games you're playing. Yeah. I mean, he's Zion Williams, and we've seen the impact he's had on the league just in a short amount of time. Well, it's not just that race that a lot of people think is up for grabs. We've had increasing discussion about the MVP race, and this time it came from Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry. He had this to say after last night's game. I'm just amazed <laughs> that they talk about anybody other than him for MVP. You know, that's that's what he does. Every team that he's been to, every team that he's gone, have a chance to win the championship. So, you know, to me, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure what the definition of MVP is, but he makes everybody on his team better, and it makes it difficult for everybody playing all right, Clinton, you buying what Alvin Gentry is selling there for LeBron I'm, for MVP? I'm buying it because of that last part that he said. Sometimes you don't know how to define MVP in the NBA. Sometimes no, it's MOP, really? sometimes I, it's MVP. But in this case, LeBron, <laughs> checks, LeBron checks both boxes. Right. He's leading the league in assists. He's got tied for the most triple doubles with a guy that's more than 10 years his senior. He's the best player on his own team, never mind in the league. And the Lakers, when he scores more than 30, don't lose. Uh, it's hard for me to say, just like any other year, that LeBron James can't be the MVP, but he's checking both boxes now, and I think it's pretty easy to buy that if without him, that team just isn't what they are. Look, I understand the season Giannis is having. However, LeBron right now is the reason that makes that team go, and it's pretty fantastic to watch. Look, I've been a person who thought they were going to vote for LeBron all year long just based on the way that he's taken the Lakers from out of the playoffs, out of irrelevance, to best team in the West. Mm -hmm. And leading the league in assists, the way that he's carried this team, just and also just the the the, the stats of him on the court, off the court. Right, yes. The question that I have going forward, though, is he's going to rest. I don't think he's going to play quite as much. We already see him take a couple of nights off there, and he took a night off the other night, and the Lakers that did was just fine. Rest and injury, Ramona. Come okay. on, yeah. brain, brain injury. <laughs> yeah, manage, manage an it. injury, um, but. When he has been on the court, he, the, the Lakers are at a completely different level. And it's and it's hard to find any reason not to vote for Giannis. I just think LeBron taking the Lakers from from out of the playoffs to the best team in the West is a, is a stronger case. And by the way, he's the reason Anthony Davis is yeah. there, too. There are leadership, I always think, is part of MVP. It's part of what your value brings to, yeah. a, uh, to a team. I have felt like Giannis has been the leader in the clubhouse all season. The yeah. numbers are so strong. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It is historic what he is doing. I mentioned at the yep. top of this segment. Right. He just did yesterday what no one had done since Elgin Baylor. I mean, that was 60 years yeah. ago. That dunk, he comes off it? and he's just looking yeah. at his hands like, I can't help it, okay? It's just my yeah. body. I have no choice but to dominate you. This Bucks team is putting themselves in the conversation for historically great teams, not just yep. this season. But it is getting to be a tighter and tighter race. And it's funny because you mentioned that there is a groundswell from LeBron among, for LeBron among voters. I'm sitting here talking to yeah, one right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and, and there's there's sort of an army back of, of Giannis backers. I mean, I think it's going to get pretty, you know, I, I think it's going to be pretty confrontational and interesting as we get to the end of this season. One more thing we don't know, and it's all coming down in the next six weeks. It's getting so good. All right, coming up. It is official in New York. The Knicks have a new president of basketball operation. Spike Lee? What should be his first step to get the Knicks back on track? First, though, it's time for our distant replay this date, 2004, featuring a little spark of Vince Sanity. A tip of the cap to you, Amin Al-Hassan, wherever you are. Where's Amin? With a catch and shoot off the mark. Weak side rebound tapped by Murray to Bosch. Oh, I remember this. Oh! Oh! Omega Sci-Fi, where you at? Maybe just after. That's the Q-Dogs right there. Got him.
It's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss league. Oh, I have no idea. Make. <laughs> miss. It's a make or miss league. Giannis has spoken. It's a make or miss league. Make pocket presence. Wrapped his nuggets. Jokic grabbing the rebound turns. Oh, this Fires. Is, this is a touchdown. Yeah, that's, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. that's just what that is. Both Peyton Manning and Drew Luck were, uh, and Andrew Luck were in attendance, right? Wow. Amazing. Ramona. I mean, that's a strike. I mean, I think he was showing off a little, right? Woo. I got to give some credit to Ramita Kimes, who said it's all fun and games until John Elway sees a seven-footer in Denver <laughs> throw a ball like that. There it is. You I know mean, what I'm saying? Put him in some helmet and pads. He could just happen. He's built Broncos, like a football player. Lead so. the Broncos to another five-win season. How about that? <laughs> Miss shenanigans. Blazers, Hawks. Trey Young going through Trevor Reese's legs. Watch Reese's reaction here. He is having none of it. None of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, Trev. I believe. I like that, Trevor. Him, I believe he told him after the game, none of the funnies. Are you a fan of the? None yes, of the he's a veteran. That's the only. You don't do that. He has. More importantly, <laughs> that's a business decision. You know how to say business decisions where you get out yeah. of the way. That's a business decision where you, where you just blow up the spot because right? you cannot do anything yeah. else. Trevor's got pride, man. Trevor's a, Trevor's an NBA champion. He's got some pride. I will say, <laughs> Trey. I, well, I was going to say Trey Young will think twice before doing that to him again, but maybe he'll do it again. I know you got the call. <laughs> I know. I know how Trey is. Make revenge tour. Giannis just on an absolute tear. Did it come since James Harden said it takes no skill to run and dunk? I don't know. Is he extra motivated right now because they are just trying to finish out the season? What do you think, Ramona? I mean, I, I saw Giannis like Ding up LeBron in the All-Star game in a way that I have never seen anybody play defense like that in an All-Star game. So I don't know if it, was, if it was James saying that, but he has been on a tear all year long. I still wanted more smoke from this, though. Replying with just your play. Come on, man. It's the NBA. <laughs> Give me a little bit more trash talk specifically, but he's been fantastic. Absolutely in the last week. I mean, look, these guys are going to play each other in the regular season at the end of March, and who knows? Could be an NBA Finals matchup. It could happen. Miss Humility. Back to Denver. Jeremy Grant packing it in. This is over Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Watch. And then the mean mug flexes, but that's Ooh. like a tiny flex, a little bit flex, and he got teed up for it. Oh. He shouldn't be like, I mean. Well, let's like, see. Does he stand over him? Yeah. He gives him a little something, but I mean, yeah. look, again, as, as my man out in Sacramento says, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. How are you getting teched up? For, I, don't, I don't understand that. I mean, that was tame. That was like it didn't a seem baby to, flex. it didn't seem to drop any f bombs. You know, it looked it looked clean to me. And it was an incredible bang, like for dunk. Serious. <laughs> Make classics. All right, this was such a great game. Rockets beating the Celtics on Saturday night. Instant classic of the season so far. How crazy was the end of this, Ramona? Well, look, I mean, I, I think this this game is probably going to go down as one of the better games of the of the whole year, but. Um, the, the Russ has just been on an absolute tear. That was Paul, Paul, right? Russ has just that would been be for my phone because Paul was screaming. All That's your phone. Off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to give some credit to them for actually running this a free throw play. There's the one I was working. waiting for. Twice. That almost yep. never ever happens. They managed to execute it. That was fantastic. I love it. It was really good the whole way through. The energy in the building was fantastic. It was totally packed from tip off. Every seat nice. in the building full. It was really, really great. All right, it's finally official, people of New York. The Knicks have a new president. Owner Jim Dolan has given the reins to Leon Rose. Leon, of course, previously the agent of Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and so many others. Rose is expected to attend tonight's game against Houston, but not expected to directly address the media today. Instead, in a message to fans, Rose preached patience, saying in part, quote, 
Nothing about this is easy or quick. Oh, you don't say. So I ask for your continued patience. What I promise you in return is that I will be honest and forthright. We will develop a plan that makes sense, both to jumpstart our short-term growth and ensure our long-term success. Rose also wrote that he will continue to support interim coach Mike Miller, who is 14 and 24, since replacing David Fisdale. So, if you were starting, if you, Leon Rose, woke up this morning and said, hey, rebuild the New York Knicks, where would you start? Yeah, get some players. Like, they, they need some talent on that team. I mean, they hired an agent as the Right. President, like, so that, that is the whole idea, idea behind this. And so it's, it's easier to get players as an agent because all they're doing is signing with you and asking them to represent you. This is different. To get players in the NBA, you have to be strategic. You have to leverage. You have to plan years out. Um, Leon is that kind of a guy. He's a, he's, you know, he has the, the, the view of the whole league that I think you've seen some success with in Golden State with Bob Myers and, and LA with Rob Palinka. But this is, it's not as, it's not as simple as have a good meeting with mom and dad, mom and grandma, whoever it is, and, and convince a player to sign with you. This is about, a long process where you need to get players, you need to work to build salary cap space, you need to work to build a team people want to join. It's going to be a, it's going to be a hard, hard task for him. And if you want fans to believe any of this nonsense, you have to show your face. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what this guy looks like. If Steve Stout can be out here on first take showing everything, and I say that with all due respect in terms of them trying to market their team, yep. Leon's got to find a way to get himself in the public eye. People don't know what he looks like. There, that's know, him. There that's he is. Leon. By the way, Leon, not black, sidebar. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know that all Ready. My point is, though, is that the visibility of this job is an important one, considering how big of a franchise the Knicks are and how terrible they've been for so many decades. So I don't think it's going to be easy at all. I don't think it's just, hey, get yeah. a couple players. But I do think one of the basic, basic problems with the Knicks organization in recent years has been a lack of trust among the players in the league. If you were a player even thinking about signing with them as a free mm-hmm. agent... You're basically like, well, look at that organization. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know, you know, there were so many things that went wrong. So, Leon, first of all, talking about transparency and being honest, that is, frankly, a step in the right direction. We haven't gotten that from Nick's management at many points in the past. And then having someone that as soon as he walks in the room for those meetings, players do have already previous relationships with him Mm -hmm. and can trust him. So all of that, I think, is relevant and is part of this. The problem is this isn't last summer. This could have been a good move a year ago. But this summer, there really aren't any huge high-profile franchise-changing free agents out there. And the following summer, yes, I know, it's potentially a summer that Giannis could be a free agent, but there's a high likelihood that he could not be a free agent. And if he, even if he does have some control over where he wants to go and he doesn't decide to stay in Milwaukee, yeah. that's a big leap to say, oh, he's going to go out and get Giannis. So the, 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 the menu is not as varied for him as it would have been a year ago where hiring a player agent would have, I think, had more of an impact this past summer. Yeah, I, I, that's a, it's a really good point. Um, and I think one of the things that I think Leon has going for him, though, is that he has some of the best clients in the NBA. He mm-hmm. has Chris Paul, Joel Embiid, Allen Iverson. He, he has guys who would give him instant credibility with mm-hmm. players, right? And I think that will help the Knicks a lot. And, and so it's not just always about who you can sign as a free agent, but who you can maneuver uh, yourself into position to trade for. Yes. You can you can find players in all in all sorts of different ways if you've seen the way that rosters have been construction over, constructed over the past few years. And I, I think his credibility is really going to help here because yes. they haven't had somebody with that. Like Phil Jackson, when he came in and took that spot, Hall of Fame coach, but had never done this job before. And Leon has a sense of what players will want from their front office, how to deal with other agencies well liked in the agent community, mm-hmm. which is not something you would have set up for Rob Palinka when right. he got that job. So I, I think he's got 
as good a chance as anyone they've hired in a long time, but it's still going to be really hard. If you're going to be throwing people out of the arena for saying that they don't like the owner, you better have a president whose accountability in public is something that they can actually count on. And you see the dude in the games and at the place. There you go. Clinton wants to see you, Leon. Where Clinton you at? wants to see you. Coming up after another career high scoring performance and an 11th straight 20 point game. Who, who can guard Zion? We're, we're going to look into this. Stay tuned. This week, our NBA Wednesday doubleheader tips off in Milwaukee with Giannis and the Bucks, who are still on pace for 70 wins, hosting the six-seeded Pacers at 7 o'clock Eastern. And then Zion and the Pelicans taking on Luka and the Mavs. Want to tune in and see the future? It's right there for you on ESPN. I think the comparison thing will never stop, me and Zion, and Zion to me. I think it's great. I think it's great for the game. The king is saying to Zion on that move. Not yet, youngster. <laughs> Williamson driving and smashing the rim. The Zion dunk maybe triggered that shot by James from the distance. New career high, 35 points for Zion Williamson. That's a three over Zion, who can only smile. Another great matchup between LeBron and Zion last night. We're only on part two, and it's Ooh. so good. It's so good. Welcome back to the jump. Zion had a career high 35 last night Ooh. in a loss, though. LeBron James and the Lakers had high praise, though, for the rookie afterward. Take a listen. These kids are special. Uh, we just seen Ja last night. We see Zion tonight. Those guys are special, man, and uh, he put on another great performance. You, know, you can't teach his athleticism, his explosiveness, and his knack for you know getting to the ball uh, around the rim. He's working on his jumper. You see his little he hit a little fadeaway in the middle of the paint. He's hit threes here and there. Um, if he gets that down, he'll be a serious. He already is a problem, but you know, he starts hitting jump shots. We, you know, so the sky's was it the ceiling is the roof or something? Is that what Mike said? <laughs> Danny Green, the ceiling is the roof. Uh, look, especially when he's barreling to the basket, right? I pointed out earlier, he treated Kyle Kuzma like a speed bump. Right. Is Zion unguardable at, at that? At that certainly specifically. I think he is, and the reason is a, a, a part of what you said. He uses his power as strength. He's yeah. not just barreling through guys. He's not getting a lot of charges. I mean, he knows when to put it on you, and he knows when to be nimble. And that, to me, that kind of body control is an indication of a guy who's at a higher level than a lot of other players at his stage of his NBA career. That play right there is an example of it. He just goes up through you. He doesn't need the foul. Mm -hmm. He just needs to get to the bucket, and he can still finish without making it look like you've got to fly into the stand. No, it's leverage, right? Yeah. It's not just power, it's leverage. Yeah, he's not unguardable, and I say that with all due respect. Mm -hmm. He just, you just can't let him catch the ball anywhere near the paint. Right. That's you have to get him outside the paint, as far out as you can get him. Because um, if he catches it out near the three-point range, then you can maybe dare him to take a mid-range. And mm -hmm. it's not that he's not good at that. It's just he's so good at dunking and yeah. so good and when he gets in the paint. The problem that the rest of the league has with Zion is that Lonzo Ball is so good at getting him the ball exactly where he needs it to get. And and just watching that game last night, I, that's the Lonzo Ball that I thought I was going to see in the NBA. Like, pushing the pace the way he does, finding guys exactly where they want the ball, exactly where they need to be. Like That's that basketball IQ that we all thought was going to was gonna change the Lakers. Now it's changing the Pelicans. Like another example about fit, right? We talk about yep. it all the time. That For the top 5% of the players in the league, they're going to play great anywhere. Yep. Bottom 5% of the players in the league, they're not going to be very good no matter where you put them. But really, for like the middle, 85, 90% yep. of the league, it is about what position are you in with other players in a particular franchise with a particular coach. And Lonzo's fit with this group has been so much better. So I, it is fun to watch. I would say that in that little area, middle, don't. 
don't try to just, yeah, get just get out the way. His way. You have plenty of chances to see Zion over the next 10 days. Three of his next five games are on ESPN, including the one I mentioned before, Dallas on Wednesday. He's at the Heat on Friday, Sacramento on March 11th. Boom. All right, let's check out who was in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. The Clippers dropping 136 points on the Sixers yesterday. This offseason, when they added Kawhi and PG to the best defenders in the NBA, we all assumed the Clippers would be a defensive force. But, Ramona, you were at this game yesterday. Are the offense, is it actually humming a little bit better than the defense right now? Mm, that's some nice spin. That's a good spin when you give up that many points to the 76ers <laughs> who are missing their two best players. Right. Okay. I mean, look, yeah, they scored a lot of points, but right. you should score a lot of points on a team that's missing Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, who are two or not just the best players on that team, but two of the best defensive players in sure. the NBA. Yep. So, yeah, they should be scoring like that. Um, but, look, if the Clippers are going to win this year, their defense needs to be their identity. So I, I'm glad that they feel good about their offense, but that's not how they're going to win a championship. I don't know. I mean, the thing about their defensive players that makes them so good is that they're actually quite tremendous on offense as well, which is why they, to me, uh, you know, look so good. And so... You know, them scoring that many points, I, I think that it's something, I think it's something not necessarily to expect, but the top end of their offensive efficiency to me is, you know, as good as any team in the league, and I'm looking forward to seeing that as much as I'm looking forward to seeing guys like Patrick Beverly shut people down well, on playoffs. The bottom line in the playoffs is you gotta win all kinds of ways, yeah. right? Yeah. There are some days you go out there and you just gotta lock everyone down in front of them. There are some days where it becomes a track meet and you gotta be able to play both ways, so. I think that is what we are starting to see from the Clippers. We still need to see more of that chemistry develop, yep. more of them getting opportunistic, as you say, taking right. advantage of what's in front of them. They think they have a long runway. If you are a team that believes you have until mid-June to work out the kinks, <laughs> March 1st does not feel like that big a deal. I'm just saying. Teams do not have, that do not have until mid-June are going to be maybe like, oh, I don't know, the Washington Wizards. Bradley Beal had 34 last <laughs> night. They did win over the Warriors. He has a franchise record 18 straight games with at least 25 points. Now, Beal was left off this season's all-star roster. He was very upset about it. Beyonce was very upset about it. Recent scoring care <laughs> has folks wondering if it's still on his mind. Here's Scott Brooks last night talking about it. Unfortunately, he didn't get it, get picked. Uh, but the players voted them second. I mean, that says a lot. I mean, coaches, we we think we know it all and we think we see it all, but the players know it. They know uh, he's impossible to guard. He's one of the elite. Not bad. I mean, just can you imagine if he was an all-star, what he would be doing right now? <laughs> joke. Yeah, please <laughs> applaud. Like, well, I don't get the joke there. He's been better since he got the snub, yeah. right. that's okay. You right. know what I'm saying? And he's been talking about the playoffs and all this other stuff. This has been this lone storyline, by the way, in Washington about what the season is. Well, and that's I mean, nothing look, wrong I with think, the I don't know what the better. standings were this morning. They were in the number nine spot. Now, it was like a, the Gulf of Mexico between right. them and number eight. But still, I mean, it's not crazy for him to mention playoffs if you're number nine and trying to keep yourself motivated. I mean, sure, but as far as the long-term health of this team is concerned, yeah. making the playoffs would not exactly be the best move. My point is this, though. It's okay to think that you're probably going to be closer to an all-NBA spot than you mm -hmm. were to an all-star spot because you just got better. There's nothing wrong with using an all-star motivational snub, as excuse me, an all-star snub as motivation. And I actually am proud of him for actually doing it mm -hmm. and putting it on the board. They're not winning that many games, but he's still putting up the points. I also think that Brad signed a contract extension this year that 
that took him off the trade market, right? It, was a, it wasn't just an extension to get a lot of money. It was an extension where he declared, I'm sticking with the Wiz. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a foundational piece here. And when you make that commitment to a place, it's important that you play the whole rest of the season out. Because you know what? You're right. Long term, they might be better off if he sat, if he had to rest a sore whatever, okay, the rest of the year, and then they got a high draft pick, et cetera. But he made a commitment. This team needs to, to breed a winning culture there, and I think right. he's, I think him stepping up and playing the way he is right now is evidence of that commitment. Also, being the lone star on this team is part of what he signed that extension right. for, right? That he was in a position yep. where he was sort of the 1A to John Wall's 1 for a lot of years in Washington. People kept considering him a great compliment to other big stars, but it's not like he was being talked about as being in that constellation of stars himself. He wasn't voted as an all-star, that sort of thing. And you could tell at the beginning of the season he was relishing the opportunity to see a clear runway and be the guy on a team. And that's okay, by the way. It's okay to want to do that. It's okay to show everyone, I can go out and drop 50 on consecutive nights. And by the way, he's doing it again because... They're not going to be there in mid-June. <laughs> Coming up, one night after nearly taking down the Clippers at Staples, Sixers guard Shake Milton is here on there the jump. Welcome, young man. Shake Still hasn't missed. Talk to him after this break. Shake Milton. Nice move. Knocks it down. He's got an offensive game. He can go out and get his own shot. Shake Milton with the defense. Goes inside and proves it down. This is an unbelievable story for this young man. I'm going to celebrate his game this afternoon. I'm going to have a shake. <laughs> oh, yes. We now welcome in Sixers guard Shake Milton to the jump. Thank you so much for joining us. Just in case you all missed it on Sunday, he had a career-high 39 points going against that defense with Kawhi, Paul George, Patrick Beverly. How did you pull that off? I don't know. You know, you just get in the rhythm, and um, that rim starts to look bigger and bigger. And every time you put it up, you feel like it's going in. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, those are long arms you're shooting over, yeah, though, right? Yeah, man, definitely. Definitely different than what I'm used to. But, you know, it's a lot of fun, especially when you're out there hooping. You also set a record because you had 13 straight made threes. Now, it was over three games, but you couldn't miss Man, it just felt good, you know? It just felt good. I kept getting hot and, and, and hotter, and um, like I said, the room just gets big. I mean, what's crazy about this is just the way this team has laid out. So many injuries, obviously, an up-and-down season. But Brett Brown made a big deal about the fact that during the All-Star break, he kind of locked himself in a room. He was like, this is going to be my plan for the rest of the way. And that he had individual conversations with everybody. And what did he say to you in yeah, that meeting? He just said uh, I wasn't going to be in the rotation, um, wow. you know, Basically to just stay ready unless something uh, like injuries or something like that happened. I wasn't going to really be playing that much. And then? (laughs) I got my opportunity and I just tried to make the most of it, honestly. Um, You know, at first it was a little disappointing, but, you know, just just tried to stay locked in and, um, you know, kept getting encouragement from other guys and, and... just tried to go from there. Coach sits you down and says, yeah, I'm sorry. I know this right. is tough, but you're not playing anymore. I was just going to say, I mean, what does that make you feel like in terms of all the progress you'd already made to yeah. get to that yeah. point? Did yeah. you feel like, oh, man, is this going to happen or where yeah. were you? It's tough, but, you know, everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to be out there and, and, and you know, be in the rotation. But it's about staying ready. You never know when your opportunity is going to come. And, you know, I just try to do just that. 
Now it's not about just having a big game here and there. Ben Simmons is out for at least another two weeks. You got to be the guy. How do you, how do you approach that? Um, you know, just just try to be confident. I mean, my teammates do a really good job of encouraging me. Um, you know, from Tobias and, and Al and other leaders like that on the team, just try to tell me to go and, and be aggressive and play my game. And you know, I do that. And you had G League prep, right? How does sort of the success you've had in the G League? prep you for these big moments this was on national tv yeah. under the lights yesterday yeah. i mean you know you know at first you weren't getting that many opportunities with the with the sixers and you don't really have the ball in your hands so being able to go down there and you know really work on your game was, was big time for me so you know that way i was able to come up here and you know when my opportunity was called you know make the most of it and it's not just you that's under the bright lights now it's the whole team because mm-hmm. here you are you have one of the best home records in the league your road record shake is not, it's not good. It's not what I would call. Um. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. I mean, I would say, you know, with, you know, a lot of, a lot of controversy going on, but I would say our spirit, our spirit is, is, is really well. Um, guys are pulling for one another. And I think, you know, as controversy is coming on, we're just gelling together even more. And I think, you know, we're just going to try to make a little push. And once we get healthy, I think things will change. Well, obviously, I think for you guys, more than anyone else in the league, that difference between the four seed and the five seed, mm-hmm. home court versus not in the first round, yeah. is so huge. Yeah, it's definitely important for us. So, you know, that's that's our main goal is to make sure we get home court advantage moving forward. Definitely. So tell me about the nickname. Mm-hmm. Where, where, your real name is Malik. Yeah. Where did Shake come from? Um, so my dad in college, you know, he played basketball too, and they, they called him the milkman. You know, they said he delivered it right to your doorstep. So, <laughs> yeah, when I was in my mom, um, they just used to say, How, how's little milkshake doing? And, you know, Shake just stuck around. So I've really been called Shake like my whole life. Speaking of college, you played at SMU under a guy who we've all known for a long time, Larry yeah. Brown. What was that experience like in terms of how oh. it built you for the point you were Man, that's, that's my guy. Uh, we still talk uh, pretty regularly, too. He'll call me up or he'll send me a text message and, and just show love. But, um, you know, he was always on you tough, but at the same time, you knew that he was going to take care of you and uh, he treated you like family. So... Um, that, that's my guy. Did you get a lot of stories about the NBA while you were in college? Uh, yeah, what does Larry Brown sit around and talk about these days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a basketball guy, yeah. and you know, you know, he always wants to be around the game. So any any way he can, you know, he's always trying to give a helping hand and and just stay around the basketball. So well, you might want to get some of his advice because you guys play the Lakers tomorrow, yeah. and I think I don't want to tip anyone off. I think they're going to have seen the game tape from the Clippers. A little bit. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. So I just, you know, what do you think you're going to be guarded any differently? Uh, going to play any differently? Honestly, don't know. But you know, it's a challenge, and you're a competitor, so you just want to hoop. You want to go out there and hoop, and um, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. Well, you are here on the jump. We like to play a game called "What Were You Thinking?" Okay. <laughs> with guys when they come through. So just tell us what was going through your mind. Put yourself back in these moments. What were you thinking with Shake Milton? All right, this is just from yesterday, so you can definitely put this in your mind. You stole the ball from Patrick oh. Beverly and then dunked on him. Left hand bang Ooh. too. Uh, I don't know, man. Just just trying to make a play. Use my my arms. I got pretty long arms, so try to get out in the passing lane and you know make something happen. Wingspan is? Uh, I think seven foot, seven foot one. Yeah. Woo. That that's just for Ramona and I, yeah. who are both. Let's just call us undersized. Yeah. Um, that is Compact. remarkable. Exactly. Compact. All right, I'm going to take you a little bit further back. <laughs> what were you thinking, Shake Mountain, last January when you were playing for Delaware, right, the Blue Coats, mm-hmm. and later in the same day mm-hmm. traveled to Philly and played for the Sixers? Oh, yeah, that was fun. You know, especially, you know, <laughs> being in the G League, a two-way guy, you know, whenever your opportunity is called, you want to be ready. So it didn't matter how many minutes I had just played. I was, I was definitely going to play. You must have been. Come on. You yeah. were tired at some point. I mean, yeah. Got no time. 
time to be tired in that situation like that, honestly. How old are you, too? I'm 23. Yeah. yeah. When's the last exactly time you played two right. games in a day, though? AAU. I mean, you, know, you used to play like eight of them games in a day. So I did like yesterday. I was watching a clip of you talking to the media, and they were saying, "Oh, you, career, you know, career high, thirty-nine points. Mm-hmm. You know, that's even more than you'd ever gotten in the G League mm-hmm. or college." And you were like, "Hey, I got fifty something in like high school." Game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a hooper. I like to hoop, so yeah, definitely. Well, we will see you against the Lakers. Thank yeah. you so much, and we will also see you on Saturday, Saturday night on ABC. The Sixers face the Warriors. Coverage starts with a jump. We are your pregame show at 8 o'clock Eastern. Shake Milton will be there. You should be there, too. All right. Up next, stick with us because we got another incredible Giannis performance to talk about. The quest for 70 gets closer for the Bucks. Is it really going to happen? We'll talk about their upcoming schedule. First, though, time for our second distant replay of the day. This one is from this date in 2007. We're not even going to ask Shake how old he was in 2007, but I know he knows LeBron James. I know he knows him. First of the TNT doubleheader, James. Oh, oh, right. oh. <laughs> extra! Just lay that in. Baganza yeah. on Game that. Tape. You're going to see this guy tomorrow. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, that was a necessary punk too, <laughs> to avoid <laughs> the defender. Look at this. Oh. Excuse me. <laughs> that was unbelievable. That dirt is like totally getting out of the way. <laughs> All right, this Sunday on ABC, the third meeting in the LA rivalry is LeBron and AD. Take on Kawhi and Paul George. Lakers versus Clippers at Staples Center. Coverage starts at 3 o'clock Eastern with the NBA countdown. All right, it's crunch time here on The Jump. After waving Troy Daniels Sunday to open up a roster spot, the Lakers are working out Dion Waiters today, according to Woj and David Veneman. Ramona, would Waiters be a good fit with the Lakers? Yeah, he would. I mean, he's exactly what they need, which is a guy who can score, uh, with, he can create his own shot. It doesn't need LeBron James to get a shot for him. However, you don't add a guy like Deion Waiters to a, a team like the Lakers that has such good chemistry and has harped on their chemistry unless you are sure that his head is in the right place and so is his heart. You've had two franchises just in the last three months decide we're going to take a pass on having him still be our team, right? Yeah, I'm not taking that risk on a guy like Waiters. I mean, his game is fine, but at this point, I think the Lakers are too worried about all these back-end guys. The dudes you have already are the reason why you're going to win the NBA. Look, it's very similar to what they did with Dwight Howard. Everybody had to be on board, yeah. and that has worked out very well for them. Hey, look, it's a unicorn sighting. Kristaps hey. Porzingis, just a monster game Ooh. last night. The Mavericks win over the Timberwolves. Porzingis had 38 points, 13 Ooh. rebounds, 5 blocks, and he was just named Western Conference Player of the Week. Clinton, he's not going to play today because it's back-to-back, but is the unicorn officially returned to I think so, and the stat that stands out to me there are the five blocks. You don't get a guy who's not, you know, somebody who's disinterested is not getting five blocks a game. He can put up points, he can get rebounds, but that is the stat that matters to me. Yeah, Forrest is. Rick Carlisle after the game basically said, I think you're seeing the future of the five position when you watch this guy and the way he's playing right now. He can score, he has length, he can defend. I mean, if you, you know, we forget he missed 20 months with that knee injury, and it would take a little bit of time to get your legs under you, but also play the way they wanted to play in this system. Yeah, I mean, look at Gordon Hayward, right? Yeah. So, there you go. Kevin Arnovitz reporting on Sunday that Clippers owner Steve Ballmer is close to a deal to buy the forum from James Dolan. This is so huge because these two, these two have been in a protracted yeah. legal battle. Ramona, what else can you tell us about this? Well, look, they, I think that's exactly why we're at this place. I think this was probably always going to end this way. Essentially, this litigation is very expensive. It was going to take a long time. Even if the, the Clippers, let's say they lose that litigation, I don't think it would have stopped them from building the forum, uh, from building the arena that they want. We might have to pay damages, but that could take five, maybe even ten years to be in litigation. And so, what do you do when you have twenty billion dollars? He probably has more than that by now. <laughs> when he bought the team, he had twenty-something billion dollars. Okay, 
You just buy off the competition, right? You I mean, just buy off the people who are making you. This is key. I just explain to people who don't live in Los Angeles, right? right? Yeah. So the forum, obviously historic, home of the Lakers, right? The Clippers would like to build their new arena yeah. basically in the par- old parking lot, yeah. also not too far from where the football stadium is going to be. Right. So far, the yeah. forum, fi- uh, D- James Dolan files this grievance basically saying you can't build a whole arena to compete with our arena right across for concerts yeah. and everything else. That's what the battle has been. So basically, after all this legal back and forth and both investing in political yeah. mayor candidates, oh, yeah. right, all oh, of yeah. this stuff back and forth, Balmer is basically saying here, okay, we'll just buy you out. But it's the forum, Clinton. Right. And the flex that is buying the old Lakers building in a world, in a city in which Lakers act like Clippers fans aren't even allowed to exist and it offends their sensibilities, to probably just knock it down is like Biff Tannen well, level flex. Think, I you, can't believe Biff, you might that actually is a good, do good that. Reference. You, know, you think that's they're going to knock it down? I, I don't. I don't know what they do in five years. Okay. okay. I think it stays open until the, the Clippers are, are targeting the 2024-25 season mm-hmm. for their new arena. Now, I don't know what I, I think the form stays open until that new arena comes online. But I don't know what happens after that. And that you're right, Clinton. It's unfathomable to me to think that the Great Western Forum, where Chick Hearn would say, hi above the Western right. side lane at the Great Western Forum, I mean, like that that could be knocked down. By the way, and Rachel, you and I have both been to the Forum for music concerts. Mm-hmm. That, that is one of the best nice music place. venues yeah. in, the, in America. Venue. They've, they've yeah. outfitted the acoustics there. It's incredible. What would this say, battle is not woo, over. What would it say Clippers really, but, but it is, like, but from what I understand, it is staying open nothing. until then. It is, it is, oh. it is running. It's just, you can't have two NBA owners suing each other. I mean, you have, though. That, that's what's been happening <laughs> is, for the past What has years. been going on? I want to quick, before we go, preview a big matchup in the Eastern Conference. Giannis and the Bucks taking on the Heat tonight in Miami. Bucks, of course, have the league's best record at 52-8. and eight. That puts them on pace to win 71 games this year. Now, Bucks co-owner Mark Lasby has gone on record saying he'd like his team to win 70 games and a championship. So I think we're going to throw their schedule up here. The Heat have a fantastic home record. Yep. They're going to be a real challenge in Miami tonight. Do you think it is more likely or not, looking at the, what's ahead for them, that they could win 70? I'm going to take the no on this one. Not because I don't believe in the Bucks, but just because as we get deeper into March and April, I just why why would you play your guys? Why, why don't you just schedule some rest? Why don't we? They rest every game. I, they're you're ahead right. By they the third quarter, they did. They, they, they get that. plenty of rest every night. And there's yeah. also the fact that everywhere I go in America, Bucks fans want this 70. I think it matters to this fan base yeah. in terms of what they think they they are and what they're trying to achieve overall. 70 matters to this team, and they're going to try to get it. Now, of course, part of this is how do you view through the lens of history, the 2016 Warriors, right? right. Because there right. is a belief among some people that in going for 73, somehow that echo effect led to them losing the NBA Finals. I personally am not sure that that's why they lost the NBA yeah. Finals. I can point to 16 other things along the <laughs> I way. I agree with you. Draymond Green's leg in that series, I'm just saying. Um, anyway, thank you to these guys. Shake Milton also for joining me. The jump is back tomorrow. We're shooting. Go, go, go. Oh, that was oh, not that good. Oh, that was terrible. No. <laughs> that was-